Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. Came in with Gene Mock uh, and Gene Autry, the Cowboy, was was the owner of the Angels when, <laughs> when you were young. I mean, through your later days, and it was really interesting. You came in, like I said, I was a kid hanging along, hanging around with Dad, coming to the ballpark, tagging along. But you played. You came in with the Reggie Jacksons and the Don Suttons of the world, the Bobby Gritch. You mentioned Mike Witt, one of the great Angel starters. Uh, and when you left, it was kind of that new era of. of Timmy Salmon and Jim Edmonds and Garrett Anderson, Gloss, Darren Erstad, the team that went on in 2002 and ended up winning a World Series. By that time, it's 2002. We played, or uh, I'm sorry, 2001, we played against each other in the playoffs. 2002, you finish your career uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals. And then that year is the year the Angels kind of came out of nowhere, ended up winning the World Series. All those years you played with the Angels, to see that group you had left, uh, when you moved on to Cleveland and eventually the St. Louis Cardinals, 
How was that watching it as pretty much a career angel? And all of a sudden, 2002, when you leave, they finally win their first World Series. Was that kind of an odd thing for you, or, or, or yeah. what was it like? Well, I was, you know, all my good buddies that I spent a lot of time with and kind of came up with, uh, Garrett and Fish and Ersty and Sarcina, you know, all these guys, Wally, all these guys came through the system. So we all had mutual friends with our coaches staff, came up with this. I mean, we had a really good tight family. But, you know, the funny thing was is that when I got traded over, when I was in Cleveland and they were dumping payroll and we weren't that good, uh, the GM over there uh, said, you know, I'm going to try to get you on a team that's got a pretty good lead so we can get you in the playoffs. And he said, well, you got a choice. I got San Francisco here and I got St. Louis. And I said, well, who do you think has a better chance? He said, well, I think St. Louis is going to win that division. Uh, St. Uh, San Francisco, I don't know. But so anyway, he traded me to St. Louis. And lo and behold, you know, we going up against the Giants. And uh, the team that we were going to play if we had beat the Giants would have been the Angels in the uh, World Series. And I thought, wow, this would be really crazy if I came back with the Giant with, a, with the uh, Cardinals and faced Anaheim in Anaheim Stadium against all my boys. But uh, I was really happy for him. I mean, I wanted Gene to win that World Series so bad because that guy was just a, a wonderful, wonderful owner. And, uh, you know, Gene didn't have any kids, but when I came on the team, he kind of took me as like a adopted son I, I did a lot of stuff with gene so i really really wanted the organization to to do that and win that but uh they had a great group of guys i mean those guys were together for a long time washburn all those guys molina they were all really good but it was very weird for me to see that and then, you know what's funny is that when um we got knocked out by the uh the giants you know jackie had called me and said you know why don't you uh come catch the first – I'm going to throw out the first pitch. Why don't you come catch it? And I go, I don't know about that. I just got through pitching five days ago. But I ended up at Anaheim Stadium and caught one of the first pitches from her. And it kind of brought me back into the organization. And then I, you know, I've been with them ever since. 2009, you get the phone call. You're going to the Angels Hall of Fame. How was that call for you? I mean, obviously well-deserved. Probably uh, with your resume and what you did uh, – playing for the angels you were kind of a, a no-brainer but until you get that phone call and it, it becomes official how special was that for you oh it was amazing uh you know i i would been been with john carpino our president dennis cool our chairman and Artie and i friends so john called me one day and he had all three of them on the speaker call and he said hey what are you doing i said not much he said uh well you got a second i said sure and he goes uh what would you think if uh, we elected you to the Angels Hall of Fame? And it kind of went quiet. I was like, what does that mean? And I kind of thought about it for a second. And I said, wait a second. Oh, oh, is this what you're saying? He goes, yeah. And I thought that was a really cool thing for them to do that. Uh, you know, they didn't have to do that. It's obviously their pick and, and their choice. But uh, it meant a lot to me. I had to go there with my kids and 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 do that that night. And uh, it's it's been wonderful ever since. I mean, just to be announced somewhere as an Angel Hall of Famer is, you know, how many guys come through a system from the inception of the team in 62 to now. That's a lot of players. So to get picked out of that group and, uh, you know, when you go to the stadium, it's there. It's, it's really cool. Really cool idea. I, aren't you in the Mariners? I'm not in the Mariners. Rubbing it in, are you, Finn? Maybe one day. Nope. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Another thing back in the day, obviously the AOS looks a little bit different than it did in 1986. And I thought there's a little fun thing we do uh, near the end of the podcast was AOS. When you come up was correct me if I'm wrong. Now there's a white Sox, Mariners, twins, A's Royals. 
Yep. Does that make sense? I want to do a little yep. rapid fire with you about guys from that generation for the late 80s through the 90s. And, and I just want to get your what comes to your mind when I when I say a name. Ricky, uh, Hend- Ricky Henderson. Oh, uh, pain in the ass. He was Ricky was the leadoff hitter for Oakland. Get on base, do all that stepping, stutting and dancing over there and take off. Next, you know, he's at second. So, yeah, he was a pain in the ass. Great player, though. I played with Ricky. When he came to the Angels, and what a wonderful guy. I'm going to stay with the A's, and we're going to go uh, combo, the Bash brothers. Obviously, Canseco and McGuire. I'm going to two yeah. for one there. Two for one is don't don't walk anybody ahead of them. Don't walk Steinbach or Lansford ahead of them because, you know, um, Canseco was a big mistake hitter. I mean, you make good pitches on him. He's out. Matt was a little more disciplined. But, uh, yeah, they, they didn't hit many pop-ups at any of the track. Go to the White Sox, big hurt, Frank Thomas. Big hurt. <laughs> yeah, well, I used to love pitching inside big hurt, six foot five, 270 pounds, and listen to him squeal. <laughs> he was, too. He did not like to be pitched inside. He didn't, did he? I mean, uh, he could hit, but, man, he would whine on that inside pitch. Uh, and we like to take off at first base and watch Frank try to field a ball and throw it to second. It was hilarious, like a dead duck's wing. He, I, I couldn't believe a man couldn't throw a ball to second base. <laughs> go with the Mariners, and oh, I'm going to go with a, with a lefty on lefty. Let's go with the kid, Junior. Griff? Yeah. yeah. That man was a tough out. I mean, I don't know, Griff. He was one of those guys that would pull you down the line and then next at bat shoot you in the gap. Next thing you know, he blows down a bunt and beats it out. I mean, he was like a Kirby pocket. You know, I know you probably wouldn't use Kirby, but – he was just a gifted athlete, man. Just a great baseball player. He was about one second ahead of the game, I thought. He was amazing at jumps he got, you know, on balls in the gaps. I mean, jumping into the fence out there, sticking himself on the wall, catching balls. Great arm, just total talent. 5 2 a player. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Paul Molitor, an interesting one for me. As a right-handed hitter, me coming up, one of my favorite guys to watch. Just love watching yep. Paul Molitor hit. Yep. I used to tell Paulie every year, right before the game season was started, if I wasn't pitching him first day, but he always expected, I'd find him at BP. And I said, Paulie, this is the year. This is the year. He said, no, it's not, Ben. No, it's not. I said, this is the year. I said, this is the year I'm going to pitch one inside. I'm going to break your bat. I could never break his bat. All I want to do is jam him and snap his bat because he was so quick inside. I said, this is the year. And I think I finally got him one time. I think he had the flu or something. He shouldn't even been in the lineup. But uh, <laughs> I've never seen bat speed like that. That was pretty impressive. Last but not least, uh, the great George Brett. Oh, Brett. Yeah, he was a beauty. I love playing against that guy. He was a gamer. He'd go up there with the, you know, no, no batting gloves, spit, tobacco spit on his hands, get in there and just grind it out. Go to third base, wanted to play every day. And you, know, you can tell you can tell guys that love to play and love the game. He just had fun with it. And the guys that Gooby and those guys and saves that we talked to about Brett, I mean, 
everything he did in life was 100%. He, he emptied the tank every day. Very cool. This I found about my buddy Chuck Finley. Did a little research. Burn notice. What do you know about the burn notice? Because <laughs> this is this is it's kind of a wild thing. Actor is it Sam Axe is, is the character. It's played by Bruce Campbell. Uh, and everywhere he goes, his alias is Chuck Finley or a version of Chuck Finley, Charlie Finley, whatever he may do. Give me the backstory to that. If there is a backstory. I have no idea where that came from. Somebody asked me if I knew these guys and I said, no. And he said, well, you know, they're using your name, uh, on the TV show. It's a very popular show on TNT or something. I said, so I watched it one time and I said, I have no idea where this came from. I was maybe expecting a call from the producer saying, Hey, would you like to come do a scene? Yeah, on our show? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Sitting at the bar and some guy walks up and orders a drink and leaves his name. I go, no, I'm Chuck Dunny, but that never happened. But, then I read up on it a little bit, and he said that his dad or or something used to bet on me or something in baseball when he was uh, alive. And I said, oh, I, I never put two and two together with that one. But he never gave you a call or anything. You didn't know the actor. Did not. Did not. I thought maybe the producer or the director would call me and go, why don't we get you on the show just for, you know, shits and giggles. And I said, well, if he did, I would have done it in a heartbeat. But uh, I had nothing to do with the show. Never happened. Last but not least, recently you went over to to uh, our our buddy Phil Nevins taking over as skipper of the Angels, and uh, you know I talked to him this offseason and and he said he really wanted to get the alumni involved. I think it's so important around baseball. You see the teams like the Yankees, the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. They do a great job with bringing the great players of past and mixing them in with the modern day version. I think I think it's great for an organization. You know, I always think that. You, t- you go with grandpa, dad, and, and son and go to a big league game and you see three different generations of players standing on the field where grandpa's got a story about so-and-so. That, yeah. You know, I think that's really good for the game. I think that's what brings us together. Phil said he was going to do a job. Uh, he wanted to bring a bunch of the alumni in. You got a chance to go over there. Uh, I talked to my dad. He went over there for four or five days, said he had a great time. What was your experience? Uh, do you agree? Do you think it's great for, for the uh, the history of the game uh, to bring guys back? Well, yeah. I mean, Artie started this years ago. Uh, he wanted to involve the alumni around the stadium in Anaheim and, and out into the, the functions of the city and the community. So he started bringing guys around during the game time just to associate with the fans and stuff. But uh, uh, I used to go to spring training every year with Sochi and all the guys. So I was pretty much a regular. But Phil and I had dinner uh with our good friend, mine and yours, Joe Martelli, uh, one night. And uh, he said, Finn, you know, I'd like to bring a bunch of guys into spring training, the old guys. He said, can you help me put together a list of guys you think? And so we started popping off names. And, you know, by the end of the night, we had 30 guys. He goes, well, it's only six weeks, man. I only bring in so many. But he was so into that. He goes, I think it'd be great for the older guys to come in and just not even if they don't even do anything, just walk around and talk to the guys and just let the guys see them just to show them, you know, what these guys did and, and what I want them to be a part of our organization. But uh, when I went there, I had a great time. I always have a great time. Phil is the perfect guy for that job uh, with him and Perry. You know, they're old school guys, but they're both smart enough to pick up the new technology of the game and kind of blend it in with their old school mentality. But I just think Phil's going to do a wonderful job with him. He, you know, he kind of got handed a team that was kind of beat up and broke down last year, but I think out of the gate, he's going to have a great opportunity to do some good things. And I, I 
firmly believe they're going to be in the playoffs. I got to believe that. They don't uh, use that, um, you know, injury reserve list. Here. I think they got a really good team. They really do. It's offensive side, they're right up there with the best in the game. The only one I'm, I was thinking about great offenses in the game this year. I mean, you get a healthy Rondon, Rendon, Otani, and Trout. That's pretty formidable. The only one I can think of that are maybe a little more formidable is that San Diego Padre team. They're they're pretty they're pretty stacked from the lineup standpoint. Yeah. Chuck Friendly, I appreciate you coming on the show. Two hundred wins in your career, obviously a great career, five time All Star. Uh, you played seventeen years. Uh, good friend of mine. Uh, we got to play some golf soon. We haven't done it in a long time, but I appreciate you coming on podcast. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 